Psalm 13:6. I will sing to the Lord, because He has dealt bountifully with me. When God comes calling, day ten, chapter seven, page one hundred six. Some of these core values must have appeared radical at the time, and not surprisingly, caused some concern. For example, when we applied to join the inter interdenominational foreign mission association (IFMA). A national association of more than one hundred mission boards. Our reception from some of the members was, frankly, less than enthusiastic. We had been encouraged to pursue membership so that we could network with others and learn from them, which we were pleased to do when we met with the board. However, the leadership of some of the older Established mission agencies seem to view us as the new kids on the block, who, for various reasons, were in encroaching on their territory. One leader looked at our brochure that mentioned a people group in East Africa, to whom we were hoping to minister. He bluntly told me, "We have been working with this people group, although that was true. Nonetheless, there were one hundred eighty thousand still totally unreached people, and no one was working with them." He and others insinuated, "Is that insinuated, Chujun?" Yes. Insinuated. What does that mean? Suggested. Okay, he and others insinuated that we were being competitive, and they implied that our in entering the scene was not constructive to the unity of their fraternity. What is fraternity? Fraternity, brotherhood. Oh, fraternity, fraternity. Others didn't like the distinctives mentioned in our brochure, which they felt were arrogant. For example, we emphasized a simply simplified lifestyle for our missionaries, a team approach to working on the field, and a policy that left the decisions up to parents regarding the education of their children. At the time, most missions required that missionaries send their children to mission boarding schools, but we felt if parents wanted to keep their children with them and rely on homeschooling, it was their pre prerog prerogative. How to read that? Prerogative. What what is the meaning of it? Kind of like their right. They had the right to do that. Oh, okay. It was their prerogative. We also came under file for stressing what we called personal sensitivity to the needs of the individual missionary, trying to follow a flexible approach to each situation, 
to us. It made small sense to accommodate our policies to our missionaries, so that they could achieve their greatest potential, rather than expecting our missionaries to accom accommodate themselves to our policies. We believe and still do that this would result in a higher moral for them and a better relationship with mission leadership. We also developed our own policy on Florum, which we felt was more flexible. At the time, most missions required missionaries to work on the field a set number of years before taking their home assignment for Florum. Is that Florum? Furlough. Okay. We felt it should be up to the individual missionary in consultation with their team leader and home sending church. Some people can go five years without going home, while others, particularly single missionaries and those working in difficult situations, might need more frequent and shorter breaks. Breaks. Still, others feel we shouldn't send young people to the field to start new teams. They say the missionaries, especially the leaders, needed to be experienced. It always amazed me that as a country, we didn't think twice about sending teenager, teenagers to war, but apparently sending them into spiritual battle was a different matter. Wow. How do you think about it? Um, I guess I I agree with him. Like, it if young people are sent into war, then spiritual battle is something that's even more important. Wow. Yeah, I guess so. The reaction we received from our peers in those early days was mystifying, and it could also have been discouraging had the Lord not sent key people to stand with us. Among them was Dr. Robert Alderman, who was our chairman of the board. Bob was a, a stabilizing force, someone who could balance vision with the structures and the policies needed to support it. I'm sure many of my responses to these mission leaders may have seemed naive with a corporate age to, age to them. But Bob was able to guide us through the meetings. He saw beyond my weakness and genuinely wanted to be part of building our mission into a godly and credible movement. Bob earned his uh, doc doctor doctorate in ministry from Trinity Evangelical Div Div Divinity School. Divinity School. Divinity School and wrote his uh, dis, dis, dissertation on church mission relationships. As pastor of Shenandoah Baptist Church in 
Roanoke, Virginia, he emphasized our need to nurture strong partnerships with local sending churches. Bob's heartbeat and ours was uh, that the local church should be actively innovate, innovate, involved in the sending process. Many local churches simply delegated foreign missions to their denomination's mission board. But we felt that a missionary should be sent by his or her local church, not by the mission board. This process would involve the local church not only supporting its missionary, but also make, making important decisions affecting his or her ministry, thus giving the church joint ownership of the work being done on the field. I met Bob during a strategic time at Pioneers when we were experiencing internal growing pains. He moved into a place of leadership on our board and emerged as the spoken man. Bob was a real defender for us and what we stood for. Among the other encouragers whom the Lord sent us were Dr. Edwin L. Jack Friesen, Jr., who was the executive director of IFMA, and his wife, Grace. It was Jake who encouraged us to apply our membership in IFMA, and he appealed our metrics to the board, which did finally accept us as four members. The Frisons seemed to recognize that Peggy and I were going against the tide, but saw a genuineness in our spirit and a readiness to get on with the task of word evangelization. They could see that our pioneering effort flowed with the stream of missions history and God's continued pursuit of the lost, the least and the forgotten. God used the challenges that we faced in those days to clarify who we were and where he was calling us. Someone once said, trials are just trials to the overcomer. Trials are just trials to the overcomer. Trails. Trails are just trails to the overcomer. Opposition showed us that we were blazing new paths and didn't fit into the mainstream mold. God continued to bring us qualified, dynamic people who didn't fit the mold either, people who were willing to risk their all for Pioneers who wouldn't quit and who wouldn't do things the old way just because that's how we've always done it. Hmm. Trials are just the trials to the overcomer. What does that mean? Trials are just trails to the overcomer. So, so trials are paths, are pathways are new opportunities 
for those who um, overcome. Oh, okay. Trials are just trials to the overcomer. Yes. Okay, got it. Kind of like, kind of like an obstacle course, like, you know, where you have all these difficult things you have to run through, um, but the 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 end is where you get the prize. I think that's what that's what I get out of that. Okay, great. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Right behind these baby boomers were the baby boosters, and behind them the Gen Shears, the mini um, Gen Xers, Gen Xers, okay, the million the millennials and the Gen Years, wives, okay, yeah, that's an interesting name. We realized that to effectively mobilize the missionary force of the next generation, we have to observe the current teenage culture because they are the one we will be recruiting in 7 to 10 years. And they will always be different from our current missionaries. What was cutting edge to the baby boomers seems dull and rusty to the next generation. We must be willing to change and adapt to allow each generation the opportunity to own the vision and the, and move forward without being weighted without being weighed down by the past. Move forward without being weighed down by the past. No matter how effective and innovative we've been in the past, we have to remain pioneers, or we will be in danger of being becoming like the people who thought Peggy and I were misguided radicals. A new breed is always just around the corner. What does that mean? New things are always around the corner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I think I get it. So yeah, it's today's reading about chapter seven. It might be of <laughs> in the middle of the book for Jason, but it's talk like at the beginning of the chapter seven it talks about the strategic plan for pioneer founders. Um, Peggy and uh, friend, uh, Ted, yes, right, for them to plan out uh, what's the foundation of, uh, and what's the strategy of Pioneer. And now they are, yeah, they talk about how to apply those strategy. Yeah. Chujin, would you like to summarize uh, about chapter seven? Maybe you can do better job than I. Yeah, so I guess, um, like Eva said, there were key strategies that they used, um, such as, I think the first one was having passion for God, and then the second one was um, to focus on the unreached, and then third was be in partnership with local churches. 
Fourth was initiate church planting movements. Fifth is being team-centered. Sixth is uh, servant leadership. Seventh is using innovative approaches, um, like sending bivocational workers, doctors, nurses, teachers. Um, and then finally, the eighth one is grace, being open to like cultural diversity and personal diversity and how God works uniquely in different people's lives. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love how they start with like this, this like center core on this, uh, this, this connection with divine Jesus. And they really radiate out to um, really strategically loving others, but, but, you know, in, in very concrete ways in, in ministry and being in submission to the local church and also having an attitude of grace. That's really excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Chujin, for um, summarizing that. Yesterday, I did have uh, some discussion with Chujin about uh, the strategic steps uh, they have taken. It's uh, very considerate for them to almost cover every every perspective to build up the missionary together. Amen. Yeah. So uh, how do you guys think about today's um, reading? Any thoughts? Anything stand out to you? I think um, it seems like whenever you start anything new or innovative, there's always opposition. There's resistance. Um, yes. So they were seen as like the new kids on the block. There, there were people that resisted them and thought they were too radical. Uh-huh. Um, but I think like every, every important project or movement, um, there is going to be opposition. Yeah, it's true. But I think I I feel like the. Uh, challenge here is that the people who um, give them opposition is that believers is question is very respected and uh, how could um, if I were them I would question myself is that like a right thing to do since those people who are very mm, have high reputation or those people who are very much trusted they against me so I guess for them they must know from God very clearly it's a the right thing to do otherwise it will be very painful yeah so they they have very solid idea of their calling mm-hmm. how do you think Jason Yeah, I um, I uh, I do I do like the fact that they, uh, you know, this this despite difficulties, um, uh, re- remained uh, remained strong in the Lord, and I I really like how um, they continue. Uh, the, the, I think the thing that stands out to me is that they they are constantly. Um, 
there's like a selfless consideration of the needs of the people. Um, and I mean, I guess you would expect that from a missionary, but you know, it's, um, as, as, as I'm kind of listening to their report, um, it, it contrasts sometimes with other ministries where, um, unfortunately sometimes people have very selfish responses. Um, but, but their selflessness really stands out to me. Um, could you help us uh, help us le- le- understand a little bit more when you talk about selfless? Uh, what the things uh, stand out to you, spe- more specifically? Um, let's see. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, is it my challenging no, for okay. you no, because ahead. you don't have book on your head. <laughs> It's fine, but it's uh, too much, yeah. Looks like I'm going to have to buy the book. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, um, uh, trying to think of, any, of a specific example of what they said. Um, I can't think of a, I can't think of a specific example. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I think um, I, I do apologize for that. I, I do notice sometimes though that I think um, a lot of a lot of um, I, I, I've known some ministers who um, uh, are constantly concerned with um, uh, the status of their ministry or their legacy. Um, how many people are coming in? How many people are growing? Um, but the fact that they are mentioning um, that the things that they talk about are uh, they're reporting people's needs um, and how they how they engage how they engage people rather than uh, well, let's see. Um, one of the things they mentioned was. Uh, what was it having a balance between um, uh, having having the needs of uh, the missionaries met um, versus uh, meeting the needs of the people that you're ministering to? Mm. And I, I like how they, um, you know, that is a dilemma on the missions field. Like missionaries need to be ministered to as well. Um, but I like how they they had a very balanced approach to that. Mm. Yeah. Since you have missionary experience, so what do you think is the most challenge for you? Um. Let's see. Well, to be perfectly honest, um, I think. The thing that was probably the most challenging um, was when there was conflict within my own team. Oh. And um, those, that, that hurts a lot because you're in a country that you don't know and um, you're with people that you're supposed to trust and you're very far away from home. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
you know, so in, in that case, and on that particular trip, you know, I, I'm really thankful that, um, you know, God heard my prayers and, and there was reconciliation, you know, um, you know, one of the, one of the team members came up to me and actually apologized for some of the rude comments that she had made. And, um, but, you know, um, I actually found that to be more challenging than even spiritual warfare. Like, you know, um, like when I was in the Philippines, you know, um, that was a really, really excellent situation. And that the missionary family and the missionary group uh, were so tightly knit so that whenever, whenever we dealt with um, issues where, um, you know, pray, praying, uh, like for instance, one lady, her son was taken away by um, um, Muslim imams. So we were praying in the spirit that the Lord would um, set her son free because they would take children and trade them in the Islamic schools and take them away from Christianity. Mm. Um, praying for people's healing, um, having times where we're all working together on translating the Bible into their language. Um, I, so having a really, really good group dynamic, being really together in the Lord, um, in the bond of love, um, I, I think, you know, being strong, that's like putting on the armor of Christ, mm-hmm. being strong in, in him can really protect you against um, all adversity. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Like today's um, chapter, it also talk about spiritual welfare and uh, talk about don't send the teenagers to it because the spiritual battles will be very difficult. Mm. Yeah, you know, with um, you know, with those who are young in the faith, uh, even I, I would even add, um, maybe people who are older but are very newer new to Christianity. Um, mm. or very maybe young in their faith, um, it can be it can be um, uh, kind of dangerous. Um, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, don't appoint someone who's young in the faith to a position of leadership lest they become arrogant. Um, you know, I, I I remember the first time I was used in spiritual warfare. I was probably. I would say probably in my mid twenties and, um, you know, but, but, but God had really prepared me, you know, for a good 10 years of reading his scriptures and, um, you know, the Lord would provide the scriptures in the moment to contend with, uh, with demons and, you know, um, to rebuke them. But unless, you know, if, if you don't know the word of God, um, you know, the temptation can be to, a lot of people get frightened or they, you know, rely on their own intellect mm-hmm. or their own understanding. And you can, you can really get messed up. Um, um, so I think that's a, probably a pretty good principle unless, unless that teenager happens to <laughs> be really, really sound in the Lord. But that's not, that's not very, that's not very, uh, that's rare, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Spiritual warfare, spiritual battle. 
Well, I think like for the especially for those who go to the missionary, it's a lot of spiritual battles and warfare going on, even on daily basis. Because it's the moment so easy to be vulnerable, like Jason shared, be alone, uh, in the, uh, in the country. On your own and with a group of the teammates who are supposed to be the most supportive person around. If there is any conflict within the team, it could be very uh, severe. Yeah, Chu Jing, how do you think today's chapter? I guess it's encouraging to see them face adversity, but still persevere, and that God sends key persons to help them um, and encourage them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they trust God's provision, and uh, the things uh, stand out to me is uh, they. Like what Jason say, the people who work in ministry or missionary sometimes they really focus too much on themselves and want to have the legacy to sh to show how much they have done. Um, they want to increase the members, and here I really see like they what they focus first this. The missionary they do is the most challenging. One, I would say one of the most challenging one because they reach the unreached people. How challenging it is! It's very difficult to see the fruit. Like yesterday, I and Chujun read for the forty years they also they only in the unreached country have two two people converted, and one died, one disappeared. So they. The missionary they decide to move forward is very challenging on itself, and then they focus on like be willing to change and adapt all the time. They are not like um binded by what they have done in the past any achievement, and they are ready always to move forward without being weighted down by the past. Move forward very fast. I do love their spirit, to, like, be very willing to learn new things and adapt to the environment and keep moving forward. That I that might be the big reason why their missionary could grow over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Any thoughts or discussion for today's chapter? Anything else? On? If not, tomorrow, um, or maybe next day, we will read the chapter eight, which is it takes a team. Mm hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you, Jason, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I uh, it was really nice of you to uh to invite me in. Uh, it's a blessing. Thank you. I appreciate it. You are welcome to join.